listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. and founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri. It's great to be back with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're watching live on YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitter, um, I say welcome. Thank you so much. Make sure that you uh, let us know that you're listening. Uh, send us questions. Uh, we'd like to use your ideas in possibly um, featuring you in a future episode of This Week in Pharmacy. There is a lot going on. I don't have to tell you, you are in the trenches. I want to say a shout out to our pharmacists and what you go through every week and how you're fighting for public health. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts, as well as our pharmacy technicians. Hey, technicians, by the way, reach out to Mike Johnston with the NPTA, the National Pharmacy Technician Association. They are doing some incredible things and they're helping to educate um, our pharmacy technicians to take over specific roles and including uh, specialty roles that that our pharmacy technicians can grow into. That's very important. All right, this is a big show. We have news updates on the crazy cyber attacks. We're going to go through some PBM reform things. We're also going to bring on a special announcement. We are collaborating with two amazing content developers uh, both physicians uh, deep into developing content for nurses, physicians, uh, for our pharmacists through the answer page. Not sure if you've ever heard of the answer page, but we have a collaboration with um, ConveyMed. ConveyMed is an application that is designed specifically for continuing education for physicians. And two years ago, we began to help to develop content specifically for our pharmacists, obviously. Check them out at conveymed.io. Once again, that's conveymed.io. And um, we're going to be talking a lot about them today. I can't wait for you to hear this great content specifically on medical cannabis and the usage of medical cannabis. So quite fascinating. Before we get started, we want to give a shout out to the American Pharmacists Association. We will be there. Pharmacy Podcast Network will be at the APHA 2024 as press and media sponsors will be inside their booth. We'll be running the Locked on Pharmacy podcast. If you are going to the APHA 2024 and you want to be part of the show, please reach out to us so that we can build a specific theme that you can talk on Anything advancing the profession of pharmacy is up for um, up for content and up for development. So please let us know, and um, we'd love to see you there. We're excited about this year. There's going to be a lot going on at the APHA this year. I don't know if you heard, but the uh, team at the Pharmacy Guild will be there, and this organization is a um is is it was started by the pizza is not working initiative nearly two to three years ago through dr blood Tanoe and then shane jaraminski has taken over and kind of leading this but there are an entire board of advisors that are part of this organization to make sure that it's done right 
working with pharmacies in specific regions throughout the country, as well as um, supporters and sponsors that are that are coming up with a better uh, work environment for our retail chain pharmacists uh, in in so many different settings. So if you haven't seen this, please check it out at pharmacyguild.org. Once again, that's pharmacyguild.org. And I think that's an important advancement in what is our profession and for our profession. Um, I want to kind of jump right into our news. This is all a trickle-down effect, the macroeconomics of what PBMs have done over the years and the need for PBM reform and how important PBM reform is to the future of healthcare and pharmacy care. Um, I want to go and um, talk about another trickle-down impact of, um, of the PBMs, and that is uh, the control residing with one specific organization because they want all of the business, all of the processing of the prescriptions, all of the adjudication, all of the insurance uh, tied to any reimbursement of any prescription. And when you have that, that causes a major point of vulnerability, as we saw with Change Healthcare. And Change Healthcare is a gargantuan, multi-billion dollar organization. And we know that the tie-ins to um, other uh, big insurers are all part of that. But what we... Um, what we need to understand is we need to have backup and there was no backup and there's that's made major problems in getting prescriptions processed and getting people their medication. I want you to take a listen into uh, Dr. Dr. Kulkarni from uh, Darshan Talks podcast and um, having him uh, fill us in into the latest on this. In a digital world, the convenience is king the recent cybersecurity breach at United Health and Change Healthcare has thrown a wrench into the gears of pharmacy operations nationwide, leaving pharmacists and patients scrambling. This isn't a hiccup, it's a wake-up call. Pharmacies found themselves in a bind as prescription processing delays affected countless individuals. The root of the problem? A cybersecurity issue points to a growing concern in the pharmacy sector the vulnerability of our aging digital infrastructure. But it's not just about the inconvenience. The situation sheds light on the legal, regulatory, compliance minefield that pharmacies must navigate. Data breaches not only compromise patient confidentiality, but they also raise significant legal implications regarding data protection laws and healthcare compliance standards. Pharmacies now are on high alert to tighten their defenses, not just to protect patient information, to safeguard themselves against potential legal repercussions and financial repercussions. So what can pharmacists do to fortify their defenses against such cyber threats? First and foremost, invest in robust cybersecurity measures. This is non-negotiable. This means stronger encryption methods, regular security audits, ensuring all staff are trained in cyber hygiene practices, establishing a clear protocol for responding to data breaches, minimizing damage, and complying with re legal requirements like in HIPAA, and in certain cases, some state laws about reporting such incidents. Now, pharmacists must also be informed about the latest cybersecurity trends and threats, 
for that, reach out to me. I'm happy to help. But this proactive approach involves uh, subscribing to cybersecurity newsletters, attending relevant workshops, and possibly even collaborating with both IT and legal experts specialized in the healthcare sector. Where does one even start with this? That's where Darshan Kulkarni, me, and the Kulkarni Law Firm come into play. I work at the intersection of pharmacy, law, and technology. I'm not just a lawyer. I'm a strategic ally in navigating the complex world of pharmacy law and cybersecurity. Whether it's developing compliance strategies, handling the aftermath of a data breach, or simply ensuring that your pharmacy is up to date with the latest regulations, Kulkarni Law Firm is your frontline defense. I'm a pharmacist. I've been on the front lines, and I hope that I can help pharmacists like you not only prevent cybersecurity issues, but also help operate within the bounds of the law, avoiding hefty fines and protecting your reputation. In this era of digital pharmacies, staying ahead means being prepared. Don't wait for the next cybersecurity breach to rethink your defenses. Reach out to me, Darshan Kulkarni, now at the Kulkarni Law Firm at 302-252-6959. That's 302 302- 252-6959 or email me at darshan at kulkarnilawfirm.com that's k-u-l-k-a-r-n-i lawfirm.com we really enjoy uh darshan as part of the the ppn pharmacy podcast network it's really the reason that the network has grown so much because we're finding pharmacists um, about 50 of you to contribute content and information for our pharmacists, our providers. And we're starting to receive even more um, uh, collaboration from physicians. Collaboration uh, with physicians for education of pharmacists and what that means for um Pharmacists not only in getting the information and and using the information, but more importantly, giving you an opportunity to expand on that information. I want to go to our interview that we did with the Answer Page. This is an exciting opportunity for the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The Answer Page has developed content that is now a requirement of the state of New York. So the the state of New York requires all providers physicians, pharmacists, nurse practitioners, that if you are involved or you're talking with patients about cannabis in any usage, topicals, uh, um, ingestible, uh, digestible, edible, uh, vapor, smoking, it doesn't matter. You have to have this certification. This will spread throughout the nation. And we are now partnered with the answer page who provides it uh, to uh, the states. And then we will have a deeper uh, relationship and developing additional content, especially around specific disease states. So uh, we want you to take a listen to this and please send your feedback um, as well as resources. If, if you know of other resources that we can share with our pharmacist listeners about uh, medical cannabis and cannabis usage. Here, let's take a listen. Hey, and on this week in pharmacy, I'm excited about the content and the education and the amazing people that we are attracting to the pharmacy podcast network uh shout out to the cannabis pharmacy network and how much you, that you've helped with organizations schools of pharmacy and getting us involved to educate pharmacists educate our nurses and our physicians 
about medical cannabis and where its place is within medicine and supplement to disease states, pain, mood, uh, sleep, uh, so many things that are going on. We're not sure if you've ever heard, but um, Pharmacy Podcast Network, we've talked about this on Twitter. We've shared it on Instagram. We have a special relationship with ConveyMed. You can find their app at conveymed.io. And what it is, is it's an app that was designed specifically for audio education with other supplemental education um, documents, PDFs, websites, videos that are attached to it. And our relationship with ConveyMed has really taken us to another level as being an educator uh, for continuing education. And we have attracted between the two organizations a bunch of subject matter experts in cannabis and cannabis medicine, THC, um, other substances that are coming from uh, this amazing plant are finally being better defined and better focused on than ever before. And at the Pharmacy Podcast Network, we pride ourselves in delivering information to you, the pharmacist, our favorite providers. I want to reintroduce, if you don't remember, um, uh, Mr. Mike Donahue, uh, one of the founders of ConveyMed to today's This Week in Pharmacy. Mike, it's so good to have you here. Yeah, gee, thanks for calling me Mr. Mike Donahue. That's uh, I'm not used to being treated with such respect. But so so thankful and excited to be back to join you, Todd. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And you can hear the excitement in my voice. I, I love delivering information to our pharmacists, and I know that they need it. The reason why they need it is their communities are coming to them asking lots of questions about cannabis. And we want to be as, as evidence-based um, and in delivering information as possible. So we really, really rely on partners like yourself to introduce us to organizations that have come to you through your relationship and networks. And um, I'm excited about our guest, Mike. So I want you to introduce the wonderful people at the answer page. Yeah, you bet. So just to follow up on what you said about ConveyMed, our thesis has been all along to partner with leading experts. They can be associations, they may be uh, academic medical centers, and they may be other uh, experts in the field to deliver audio education to healthcare prof professionals like pharmacists. So we've had a relationship now for nearly a year with uh, uh, the answer page or the answerpage.com. Um, and their expertise, uh, among many things, has been in providing unbiased, peer-reviewed, continuing education focused on the endocannabinoid system and the therapeutic use of medical cannabis, of pain medicine, and opioid prescribing. These are all things that are very hot, even in the news media. Yeah. Um, everywhere you go, this this topic is very um very interesting and very relevant to to where we are today. And so we're pleased to partner with TheAnswerPace.com, and we have the two founders, Dr. Stephen Korn and Dr. Meredith Fisher-Korn. They're the co-founders and the editors-in-chief, chiefs, I should say, of The Answer Page. And they've developed hundreds of continuing education courses uh, across multiple areas of medicine, including perioperative and hospital medicine, palliative care, opioid prescribing, risk management, medical statistics, and many, many other things. Um, our interest in working with them is to develop courses specifically for clinicians such as pharmacists 
on this important use of medical cannabis. Um, and we've worked with them to, we're going to talk about the, the couple of courses that we've worked with them uh, today. But Dr. Korn, Dr. Stephen Korn is a board certified anesthesiologist. He's been, he served for over 25 years at, at Harvard Medical School. He's published numerous, numerous papers and, and actually has a number of patents uh, in many areas. He, he's a very smart, bright man. And he was actually the named the Medical Professional Year by the Americans for Safe Access in Washington, D.C. for his work in medical cannabis education. So, um, And then his lovely wife, Dr. Meredith Fisher-Korn, also a board-certified physician specializing in anesthesiology. Uh, she comes from uh, Duke and Mount Sinai in New York City, also did some work at Brigham and Women's and Harvard Medical School. Um, and she serves as the editor in chief of the answer page and she'll, she and, and Stephen both will tell you all about all the things you're doing at the answer page, but more specifically about the, the importance of this course, uh, that we've developed, uh, that's available to our clinicians on convey med. So Stephen Meredith, welcome. And thanks for joining. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. And thank you both for the wonderful introductions. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited that you're here. I've known about the answer page forever. When Mike first introduced me to the team, I was uh, I it was a little hard to concentrate because I wasn't prepared yet. I was like, this is the answer page, people. So it's not like I don't recognize what you've already built, the courses that you've built specifically for our um, state authorities, goodness gracious, um, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, West Virginia, Utah. Um, I have to just start off and just say as a content developer, and you've been doing this for years, you got to tell us uh, kind of about the, the beginning of the answer page, how you got started and, and how you've had such incredible traction and success. Yeah, thanks very much again. Thanks for the introduction. And uh, I'll start off in 1998, but I'll make this quick. I'll bring us up pretty quickly. Um, being on the faculty of Harvard Medical School, uh, we, we teach residents, we teach fellows, we teach uh, other uh, uh, rotating uh, an uh, anesthesiologists, rotating from other areas and uh, other countries. And you can make your best efforts to do your daily teaching, but especially in the operating room environment and some of the other clinical environments, emergencies arise, things change, and before you know it, it's the end of the day or it's late in the night and you haven't done the teaching that you intended to do. So we thought, uh, what if we create a resource and make use of the internet? This was actually a very good use of the internet where residents, staff, and anyone could have access to educational content. So basically what we did is we, we had to follow basically the syllabus of different specialties. And we made it so that one could access questions and answers. Everything's in the question and answer format. It's sort of the Socratic method, the way we do things on rounds in the hospital. So it was very, people were very accustomed to that learning method. And we launched it for our residents. And it was like writing a term paper every night. We had to get it out there every night. And I'm proud to say we've never missed a day since 1998 that we're proud of. And uh, we launched it and got really great feedback from the residents and fellows. And then in some other departments, they started requesting it. So we expanded what we were doing. But what was amazing is we also started getting linked to by universities such as Johns Hopkins, UCLA, uh, Thomas Jefferson. But then what was really incredibly meaningful, we started getting thank yous from around the world. And one in particular, I'll always remember, and it really kept us going through the difficult times. It was, we cannot afford textbooks, but we use your site every day for education. And uh, that was from an Indian anesthetist. And um, 
that was really meaningful because then we realized we're doing something really good here in Boston that's having an impact well beyond well beyond Boston. And most of what we provide has been free. And so they were able to use this and access it uh, you know, 24-7 and share it with their colleagues. So we launched that. And then we developed the CME program and we went on from there. But I can, for this conversation, it may make sense to trans how we transition to the endocannabinoid system and medical cannabis. And what happened is it was in tw around 2012 in Massachusetts, the law was changing and medical cannabis pretty much overnight was going to become legal. And Meredith and I, both you know, clinicians, physicians, we were at home discussing it. And here's sort of the interesting part of the story. Our son who was 10 at the time, overheard the conversation and it wasn't anything inappropriate. And he goes, I have some questions. <laughs> and we're supposedly pain experts and we're supposedly you know, hand, you know, dealing with pain, dealing with anesthesia every day, dealing with drugs every day. And these are his questions. He said, what about carbon monoxide if you smoke it? That can't be good for you. And he knew about carbon monoxide at age 10 because we work on cars. And yes, I put nitrous oxide fuel injection in one of my cars. Yes, I did. Uh, I did it myself. Um, then he also asked, what about cancer-causing substances? What if you write a prescription? Now we know it's a certification and your patient has a car accident. Are, are you uh, responsible? And what about secondhand smoke if there are other children, you know, if there are children in the house? And we turned to him and we said, you know, despite our education, despite you know, putting ourselves as experts in this area, we don't have really a clue to these answers. Hmm. So we decided to, we said, we'll research it. We were honest with him and we'll get back to you. And we looked on the internet and, we, and some other resources. And we basically found that there were two extremes of thinking. One was that if you try medical cannabis, it's going to kill you. And the other extreme was it's going to cure everything. And we yep. knew the answer lay somewhere in between. So what we decided to do is really research this, look for the best studies, seek out the ex, you know, people who were really clinically involved in this, and put together unbiased courses in this area. And we were also able to get them CME, CE certified. So they're, they're multi-accredited for, for nurses, pharmacists, doctors, um, nurse practitioners, dentists. Uh, and went through very rigorous because it was, uh, I say, more rigorous than even our other content because this was a very new area. It was an area that was very focused on in terms of such, you know, other areas of medicine really don't have the same political focus as this does. So everyone was really looking at this content. And we're proud to say that we launched the content and it went really well. I'll take a pause there and then I can tell you about, you know, the states if that's the next thing you'd like to address. Yeah, what I what I'm very impressed about is the fact that a state, um, you know, organization. The only other um, story that I have that's parallel to this is Joe Friedman was our lead. Um, he's a pharmacist out of Illinois. He helped the state of Illinois to come up with some parameters around uh, building a medical um, cannabis uh, program, something appropriate, and he started kind of teaching me just from sharing information. 2016. But what you've done in the state of New York is extremely special, and I think it is a um, it's a it's a point where we can say, boy, this could be duplicated to assure that our practitioners, our pharmacists, our physicians are getting the right information. So definitely jump into the New York Medical Cannabis Program, which is a required course, and, and it's actually been uh, bundled, and we actually have uh, a partnership with Convey Med. Um, on their app to actually push this out. But 
but definitely talk to us about that. Yeah. So there, there are several states in the United States that have a required requirement for a medical cannabis course. So several states have a specific course requirement, which we have fulfilled. Other states, you just have to take a certain number of hours of medical education in, in medical cannabis. And then there are other states that have no requirement. But New York is one of the states that actually has a mandated requirement. And we got a call, they reached out to us uh, and asked if we could create, help create their program and then create their very first required course in this area. And Meredith was incredibly instrumental. She did an incredible amount of work to create a well-balanced, uh, comprehensive course in this area that would be clinically relevant. So it starts you know, with the basics of the endocannabinoid system, gets into drug-drug interactions, side effects, uh, therapeutic indications, and everything is referenced, um, you know, everything is referenced throughout the course. There's also quizzes that one has to complete um, uh, to get a passing grade to, to, to fulfill the New York State requirement. Um, so we've been working with um, New York State since the launch of their program. It's been, a, it's been an excellent relationship. And uh, we've been you know, certifying patients, um, certifying, clinicians. certifying clinicians so that they can then go ahead and make recommendations to patients. Because it's a requirement that they must take the course uh, before making recommendations to patients. Mike, you brought up a really good point when we were talking in prep for our interview um, with Stephen and Meredith. And, and I wanted you to share that with our listeners based on format, uh, based on you know how to deliver this correctly. So um, definitely um, open up and, and share that with our listeners too. Well, if you look at the data, uh, I just want to sort of emphasize what uh, Stephen and Meredith were, were talking about, the importance of this education. No matter where you are, where you reside on the spectrum of, I believe that medical cannabis is good or I believe all marijuana is bad. As a clinician, clinicians are responsible for understanding that patients are using this. They may be using it recreationally. They may be using it medicinally. 27% of, of the population are using it for medicinal purposes. And I think it's up to 54% or 54 million, I don't have the statistics in front of me, are using medical, are using cannabis products on a regular basis. So if you're a clinician, it's important that you understand this information because chances are your patients are using these, these products. And so, you know, our mission is to, you know, work with the experts, such as the answer page, to deliver education in a way that it's convenient and it's accessible. We know pharmacists are exceptionally busy and getting busier every day. Um, and so we believe that delivering this education in, in an audio format is, is very helpful, very accessible. They can listen to it over and over again. The episodes are pretty short, 20-ish, 25 minutes tops. The um, it also comes with supplemental content that you can view while you are listening that you can download for future reference so that you can start building on the foundation of education that you require so that you can take better care uh, of your patients. Because, again, there's a high probability that, that, that they are using cannabis in one form or another. The most updated information that I found in preparation for our interview, just to round out things for our listeners, because I like our listeners that have multiple perspectives, was a Gallup poll that was reported in February 
And I don't like this poll. And the reason is, is because just as I've said before, administration is extremely important as well as um, the reason that you're doing it. So Gallup said for people that aren't watching us on YouTube, that it said what percentage of Americans uh, smoke marijuana? And of course it goes through some of the data and it says 17% of Americans in 2023 reported they smoke marijuana similar to 16% found in 2022 but higher than the 11% to 13% range recorded from 2015 to 2021. Now, here's why I don't like that. And I want to hear from um, Meredith and, and Stephen as well. And that is, um, we are, that, that was kind of like a flat, um, non-clinical, uh, giving us any reference to the type of listeners that we have question what percentage of Americans smoke marijuana. It's, it's what percentage of Americans could this substance help in the correct administration that the physician and then pharmacist agree upon in best case for fill in the blank, your mood, your anxiety, your sleep need, your back pain, your, you know, pets, my goodness, they're, they're building, you know, making this for, you know, your animals anxiety. So, you know, Meredith, when you think of uh, data, you think of what's shared, you think of what's out there. This type of course starts to clarify. It starts to, you know, demystify. It starts to pull out the the wonders and the opinion. And it starts saying, hey, listen, we're just sticking to the facts. <laughs> exactly. And our course not only goes over modes of administration, and there's there's various, whether you're going to inhale it with vaporization or smoking, whether you're going to do a sublingual drop or an oral spray. Um, some people use it rectally, some people just use a, a tablet, and some people use it topically. Those are all different modes that can be effective, and they all have um, some side effects and, and different drug-drug um, interactions depending upon how you um, administer it. And there's and and most medical marijuana patients don't inhale, um, don't smoke cannabis. Some of them use um, some of it may vaporize. But it as you said before, it's really important to consider what the patient is using it for, what their baseline health is, and what are the medications they're taking. And at what stage of life they are, whether they're a pediatric patient or an elderly patient. Yeah, and to, yeah, to, and to jump in, just to put some statistics to this, like you did, very close numbers. Over 52 million people in, in the United States are using um, marijuana, and it's an upward tr trend. And just to put this in you know, perspective, we'll take New York State. There are 118,000 registered patients. However, over 1.6 million people in New York are reported using it in the last 30 days. So that's a big disparity between registered patients and those who are using it. But here's where it really gets into the education point. There's over, well over 100,000 healthcare providers in New York who, who potentially could recommend medical cannabis, but only 4,265 as of today are certified. So it's very small. It's you know, less than 3% when you look at the numbers. And in New York State, physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, dentists, podiatrists, midwives can all certify patients. And only a very small percentage of those um, you know, have um, you know, been certified. 
but what's incredibly important, it also relate, you know, relates to the pharmacist because all of this, there's a lot of science behind this. And I know as a clinician, I rely very heavily, both for my own personal use for family, uh, but also for patient care on pharmacists because we only have a limited amount of time with patients. A lot of times, especially if they're waking up from anesthesia or whatever it may be, there's a limited amount of time and patients can be overwhelming for patients. And I know patients rely heavily on this. And some of the things that we mentioned, so it may say, well, why do people use it rectally? Well, there's different pharmacokinetics dynamics in ter terms of metabolism. If someone has chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting and can't keep uh, a liquid down, well, then that's a great way to administer it. So this is just a, a perfect area where pharmacists can really help uh, patients you know, manage their overall health, wellness, and disease states. All right. So our listeners are now curious, um, Mike, how do our listeners, how do our pharmacists get a hold of this education? Well, we have a couple of options for you. So if you live in New York and as the Dr. Stephen Emeritus said, you, you are required to take the course in order to certify patients. So you can go to, uh, you can go download the convey med app, go to the answer page channel. And we have the New York course right there, readily available for you to purchase. Um, in the app, you'll download the six episodes and you can get started. Uh, each episode has a, is about, as I said, it's about 20 to 25 minutes in length. Uh, when you're complete, you will take a short quiz, which uh, not only quizzes you on the information, but the data on adult learning is pretty clear in that if you're quizzed on information that you just learned, you're more likely to retain it. So it is important to do the quiz. Um, You'll be able to complete all six of those uh, lessons right in the Convey Med app while you're on your commute to the office, while you're on your next walk with your dog or on your jog around the block. Uh, and then you'll take that and go through the process that the New York Office of Medical Management has already set up. So that opportunity is available now. The second way, if you're in New York, if you are an educator or if you're a CME provider at one of the large uh, hospitals or academic medical centers or institutions, and you're sort of overseeing staff development, and you would like to license this course for all of your cl clinicians, you can just go to our website and uh, set up a meeting through our, uh, through our website, uh, or you can just reach out to Mike at conveymed.io, and we're happy to talk to you about giving a, a bulk discount to institutions that want to educate their entire staff. We think this is a great way for entire organizations to better understand and ensure they understand the the uh, the nuances of, of medical cannabis. Well, what happens if I don't live in New York? You can still, we have a course just for you. Uh, it's called the Medical Cannabis Essentials. And just because you don't live in New York or you don't live in a state that requires it, our position would be, you should probably take the course anyway. Why? <laughs> because again, so many of your patients are, are using cannabis, whether it's recreationally or it's, it's medically. And so this course is really designed for you. And so um, that course is also available at the answer page uh, channel on the convey med podcast app. And likewise, if you are a, an institution, if you're an academic medical center, if you're a school of pharmacy and you want your pharmacy students to learn more about this, we'll give you a very nice discount to, to train the students on the use of medical cannabis, the endocannabinoid system, and all the amazing peer-reviewed evidence-based content that's in the course so that as a pharmacy student, when they graduate, they're already prepared and have that baseline 
information. So there are multiple ways to do it, and we would uh, so that would make it easy for the pharmacist uh, community to to engage in this education. I love it, Stephen and Meredith. Um, this cannot be the last time that you're on this week in pharmacy. We want to have you back because I'd like to uh, mash up your expertise with pharmacists who are digging into specific conditions and disease states. I'd like to bring on some oncology pharmacists. I'd like to bring in pain management pharmacists, pediatric pharmacists, and just start to divide some of these sectors and start getting, they love the nerdy, they love the data. So as nerdy as you guys can get, the better. Um, we're, we're, we love nerds uh, here at the pharmacy. And I, thought, and I thought we were cool, but I <laughs> No, you have to go nerd. It's a okay. nerd school, actually. All but, right. We'll work on it. Mike, you have been a wonderful partner. Thank you so much for facilitating this meeting and introducing us to the Answer Page team. Listeners, once again, check out conveymed.io. Once again, that's conveymed.io. You'll see the Answer Page um, right there at the top of the page. Um, or you can, of course, check out the Answer Page as well and, um, and, and access all of the information uh, we are going to continue to drive um, knowledge to our listener base about the Answer Pays resources and also ConveyMed. And um, like I said, Meredith, Stephen, uh, this has been an, an honor to have you on here and to introduce you to our pharmacist listeners through This Week in Pharmacy. Thanks so much. This was great. Thank you both. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Look Todd. To Cheers. Forward. Thank you. All right, excited about the answer page and what they're doing uh, for medical continuing education and the importance that pharmacists understand exactly uh, what's available to you. Um, and, and like I said, in the state of New York, what an opportunity uh, to learn, to get a certification and be able to uh, freely and confidently talk about uh, application of cannabis in many things that you're coming up with. Hey, I want to give a shout out to our um, our sponsor today. Um, so excited about Ural Pharma uh, coming to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. They just released their first episode. Uh, it's an opening. It's teaching you as listeners, as pharmacists, as providers um, about Ural Pharma. And let's take a quick listen to their message. Meet Ural Pharma, a dynamic newcomer to the U.S. generics marketplace. Ural Pharma's current portfolio focuses on high-quality authorized generic medicines in the acute pain and endocrinology therapeutic areas. Backed by its parent company, IBSA, a multinational pharmaceutical company headquartered in Switzerland, Ural Pharma has harnessed IBSA's cutting-edge drug delivery technologies and has made great strides in expanding access to its products across the U.S., Looking ahead, Ural Pharma is committed to delivering complex generic medicines across a broad spectrum of therapeutic areas. To learn more, including important safety information about its products, visit UralPharmaInc.com. That's Y-A-R-A-L PharmaInc.com and connect with them on LinkedIn. A shout out to Stephen Beckman, who was wonderful um, in delivering his first episode. He came to the studio. He was able to spend some time with me. Um, and the first interview is out today. Once again, it's titled Meet Your All Pharma. 
And if you want more information, uh, obviously go to yourallpharma.com or reach out to Pharmacy Podcast, and I will get you in touch with Stephen and his team. Once again, focusing on pain management to start out, uh, but we'll we'll be talking about other um, aspects, other uh, therapies that they'll be supporting. Hey, we are excited about the future of pharmacy. We want to work with other pharmacists. Please reach out to our staff. Please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Go to pharmacypodcast.com. Let us know what kind of content we're missing, if any. And if you want to be a part of it, we'd like to encourage you to be a part of it. We are headed to uh, the uh, Pharmacy Profit Summit live on the 10th of March and then to the APHA 2024 down in Orlando, Florida. Once again, please reach out to us. We hope you have an absolutely fabulous week. We hope that you um, that you uh, are, are at peace in your position. If you aren't, if you ever want some assistance or guidance, please reach out to me personally. I'm accessible on LinkedIn at Todd, T-O-D-D, last name Yuri, E-U-R-Y. And I would give you um, any direction that I can and helping you find a position within the profession of pharmacy, or even as a medical science liaison. That's a, a point that we're going to be talking about more uh, next week. Tune in because we're going to have MSL Talks on, and that's a podcast all about medical science liaisons and how many of them are quickly uh, getting into very specific positions. And so many of uh, our MSLs today are PharmDs, which makes absolute sense. Hey, thank you so much for listening to This Week in Pharmacy, and we'll talk to you next week.